Hello, and welcome to another episode of Real Charlie Speaks, a podcast spinoff of the television and review blog, Real Charlie. I'm Philip Barr, and I am Real Charlie, and I'd like to welcome you to episode five, which I have titled Reluctant Halloween, Um, and I suppose I should explain the title first before I get into anything else. So I am not your uh, typical sort of happy Halloween kind of guy. Um, I tend to avoid a lot of Halloween parties. I don't particularly like to dress up. Although in my mind, if I were invited to a really fun sort of really hugely dressed up uh, party, um, you know, like the kind that people go to the balls, I would probably really embrace that. But as far as just going to somebody's house and wearing a costume or going to a nightclub and wearing a costume, I have really no interest in that at all. Um, I'm also not your typical Halloween movie and TV kind of guy. I don't like gore. I don't like violence. I tend to gravitate towards more of the uh, film and TV that's about camp or the really classic uh, scary films that aren't full of violence and gore like uh, Hitchcock. So I'm going to talk about a lot of these things in the program today, and uh, hopefully you will embrace a little bit of my reluctant Halloween uh, just as I I have over the decades. So uh, reluctant Halloween. Um, So there's some things that I could talk about um, and would be happy to talk about some programs and some films uh, over the years that I've really loved. Uh, I'm going to just jump into this. It's in no particular order. Um, In 20... Uh, 2017, I did a blog post on Real Charlie called Halloween Favorites Film and Television 2017. Um, so uh, I think I'll just start with those. It's, this is an alphabetical list, and we'll just see what sort of has struck my fancy over the course of my life and why I keep sort of honing into certain types of Halloween films and TV shows, which tend to be more niche uh, than uh, widespread and uh, Uh, mass audience uh, produced um, material. So the first one I have on here is American Horror Story. um, And I specifically list the first couple seasons are the best. I actually have to say that uh, when I watch these first couple of seasons, I love them. But now looking back on it, I just the gore in these uh, is a little hard for me to stomach. So I tend to not gravitate towards re-watching American Horror Story. I don't think I've ever even re-watched a season. I did try to watch The Witches season. I did I did watch um, a little bit of the Lady Gaga season. I think she was only in one season. That's how, that's how much I don't really remember these. I did definitely watch the first one. Um, and uh, to tell you the truth, a lot of the stories have blended in together, and I'm not really particularly interested in going back and revisiting them. Something that I go back and revisit quite often is uh, a film from 1959 called The Bat with Vincent Price and Agnes Moorhead. I actually purchased the Blu-ray of this this year, and I'm looking forward to watching it a little bit closer to the actual uh, date of Halloween. Um, it was so much fun, and it's so much fun every year. It's very campy. In particular, Agnes Moorhead plays... Uh, a sort of um, Jessica Fletcher type character who sort of gets caught into um, this uh, intrigue of who is uh, murdering people. 
And uh, it's just great. It's really fun. Agnes Moorhead uh, also in this film plays sort of a very, um, uh, what would you want to call it? Not really closeted, but sort of, um, sort of, well, I guess sort of closeted lesbian character. She has like a, a, a an assistant that lives with her and sleeps with her. <laughs> it's just kind of crazy. Um, but it's all very subtle, I guess, is, would be the best, best word to use for 1959. Very subtle, um, but also very fun and poppy and campy when you look back on it 60 plus years uh, in, into, the, um, into the past. The next thing I have listed on here is Black Mirror, which I did sort of get all sort of uh, crazy about when it first came out, the, the series Black Mirror. But I have to say again, like looking back on that, and it hasn't been that long since it was released, I don't, I can't really say that I actually have a lot of uh, strong memories of it. Um, I did do a short piece back in 2016 on both seasons one and seasons two, which I uh, really loved both of them. Uh, I actually mentioned in this that the best episode um, of the seven that I watched was called White Bear. Um, and that, uh, of course, Black Mirror has been compared to Twilight Zone. Um, and uh, it's won a lot of accolades and a lot of awards over the year. Um, and uh, and I did mention also that the very first episode, the national anthem, is very shocking. Um, and but what's and I and I write in here that what's even more appealing, I'm sorry, what's even more appalling stems from having to admit to yourself that we're not that far away from something like this actually happening in reality. So that was a very shocking episode. It got sort of everyone hooked on the series. And, um, but, but definitely, um, I have here highlights from the second season include my personal favorite, Be Right Back. And perhaps the best episode of the seven so far is White Bear, which I mentioned earlier. So that's, uh, what I have to say about Black Mirror. Although I have to tell you that in the six years since I wrote that, I don't have a lot of recollection about the episodes that, that doesn't necessarily have anything to say about whether they're excellent or not. It's just the fact that my brain has chosen uh, per not to particularly um, focus on that. Also, there's another sort of newish uh, movie that came out a number of years ago called The Cabin in the Woods. It's sort of a camp classic. I really, really enjoyed that film a lot. Um, it's one of these films that I remember like sort of jumping in my seat out loud and then laughing hysterically. Uh, which was so much fun. Um, I gave it a four out of five at the time when it came out. It was co-written by Joss Whedon of Buffy and Angel fame, um, directed by one of Whedon's uh, writers, Drew Goddard. Um, and I just really loved the fact that it was sort of a hybrid of horror, science fiction, and comedy. It was really, really, really a lot of fun when I watched it. And it's something that I definitely uh, think about and would love to go back and revisit for sure. So, um, so ca definitely Cabin in the Woods is definitely going to remain on that list. This list that I'm looking at from 2017, it would certainly remain on this list for 2022. The um, Halloween, I have one here, also, also Halloween, the original film. I have a huge love for that. I know it's sort of a gore film um, and a sla it sort of was the original slasher film along with uh, Freddy and um, Friday the 13th films of that era. But uh, for me, there's nothing like Jamie Lee Curtis and the original Halloween, just so much fun. And I will watch that again and again, uh, which is great. Another one that I didn't, um, I don't really have a great recollection of, 
But um, back in 2013, a long time ago, actually nine years ago, I did watch The Conjuring, um, and uh, I it was uh, it's a Connecticut-based film, so I wanted to take a look at that. And uh, this film in its in itself uh, was starred Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga, Farmiga. I'm completely. Um, completely destroying her last name apologies for that lily taylor and ron livingston are also in this um and i said that uh uh it's sort of a modern day linda blair performance from taylor um that's sure to survive as long as the exorcist there's more spook than gore in the conjuring which makes me very happy and i'm giving this scary movie a four out of five again not a perfect film not something that i really have a recollection of on the tip of my brain but it did make it in here, and I'm more, I'm more than happy to hold on to that as well. And then the next one is, uh, is something that I'll talk a, a bit more about, which is the Paul Lind Halloween special. Uh, this has, uh, because of DVD and because of streaming, this sort of has become um, a lot stronger of a contender uh, than it would have been had those things not come around, because I don't think a lot of people really remember this special at all from when it, air, when it first aired. Um, I did a review of it back in 20, 2009, which now is quite a long time ago. That was the first year of my blog. And I said that you must know by now that I love watching TV on DVD. Um, and I had been wait, really waiting a few years to watch the Camp Fest of the Paul Lynn, of this, what I called a Paul Lynn vehicle. Unfortunately, it was more camp bad than camp good. The jokes were all flat. Bruce Valanche being one of the writers surprised me because I usually love his stuff. The musical numbers were cringe producing and not in sort of a holiday way. I felt sad watching them sort of box Paul into either asexual or faux sexual, faux heterosexual corner and watch him try to act his way out. The best part of the DVD is the extras. Peter Marshall, the whole the Hollywood Squares host interviewing uh, interview about Paul is extremely touching. Um, Marshall talks about Paul being gay without any issue and discusses Paul's demons, alcohol being the main one with no melodrama. It was very interesting seeing Paul could have done with his career had he been born in a different time period. Um, but of course, I'm still grateful for Paul as Uncle Arthur on Bewitched, which um, I will talk about Bewitched in just a minute. Um, and this Halloween special, I said, is truly only for diehard fans. I wasn't reviewing this at the time, but I probably would have given it like a 2.9 or maybe even a 2. It was really, really pretty bad. Um, but I kept it on the list because it is sort of the the epitome of camp and Halloween sort of thrown together. The next one I have is Paranorman, which is a genius animated film with zombies and witches, and it's really centered around bullying, and it has an openly gay character in the in the storyline. This was so beautiful when I first saw it, and uh, it's another film that I would happily look at again if I have um, if that comes up on my radar. And then I have it's a French uh, TV series called The Returned. Uh, Les Revenant, um, and it's a two-season French television ghost story, and really, really beautifully done, just incredible. Um, again, like I don't have like immediate recollection, you know, re recognition or, or um, of this film of this series, but I gave it a four point five at the time. I said that it was a goosebump supernatural scare fest first season, and. Uh, and I just really, really loved it. 
It's based on uh, a French film called They Came Back. It's a two-season uh, series. Um, it has very little gore. It was much more of a Hitchcock Cox suspense, less violence, less showing, more implying, outstanding cast. And uh, in 2015, A&E created an American series. Uh, but definitely, I would stick with this French, uh, this original French version. Uh, really fun, really atmospheric, uh, a lot of fun. And then, of course, there's the extremely problematic Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby was the film that I used to watch every year. To me, it was the perfect Halloween film. There wasn't a lot of gore in it. It was very atmospheric. It was extremely campy. And it was uh, a high-end product. It was... Um, you know, it had uh, a really incredible cast in it, including Mia Farrow in the in the title role of uh, not of the baby, but of Rosemary. Um, it's uh, based on a Ira Levin uh, horror novel, and uh, Roman Polanski, of course, was the director. <clears throat> and Roman Polanski is the reason why this film has become really problematic for me over the years. So, do you watch, continue to watch something, and continue to love and promote something? a piece of art, uh, in this case, a, a film, by someone who has a very bad personal life and past to them and present. So it's been very difficult for me to let go of this film, uh, but I have, um, I have, I have, I think I have finally let go of it. The last time I watched it was four years ago. And so let me just um, say that I wrote in 2018, I realized Polanski films are not PC and I realized the devil rape scene is twisted even more so with Guy's admission in the morning after. So I'm not sure how much longer Rosemary's Baby will stand the test of time. But for me, for now, it's fun and stylish, a rare bird in the horror genre. Um, but I do think uh, I probably will not watch the full movie ever again. Uh, I may watch some clips or something. Uh, it's so it's so problematic because you know we want to love the art, not the necessarily the artist, um, but it's really difficult to know what to do. I'd love to know your opinions out there on this. If you're listening to this, um, you know, please leave some comments on the website um, because I do post this uh, on re on my realcharlie.com blog. Uh, so please, 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 please um, give me your comments. I would love to know. Uh, because I'm torn, I'm constantly torn. And as a white male, even though I'm a gay white male, in this um, in this time period, I don't want to necessarily support and uh, and and honor and uh, sort of revel in things that are really inappropriate. So uh, so that's what I that's what I'm saying for that one. I also have The Shining listed on here, the original Shining with Jack Lemmon. I loved that book so much. That was one of the first Stephen King books that I ever read when I was a kid, and I loved it so much. Um, I remember carrying it around. I was a really slow reader, so I carried it around for probably months till I finished it. Um, it was so good and so scary. It would kept me up at night, I'm sure of that. Um, but I'm not so sure I would go back and watch the film again. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure why it's really on this list, but it is. Um, and then the final, uh, the final one that's listed here, and then I'll talk a little bit about Hitchcock and also about Bewitched, um, is True Blood. It's Alan Ball's adaptation of the Sookie Stackhouse novels by Charlene Harris. I loved this TV show so much that I watched it twice in a row. Not back to back, but I watched it initially when it first came out, and then I looked at it a couple years later once again, and I loved it. I loved the camp value of it. I love um, 
so much of the queer characters that are in this. Uh, there's a lot of sort of fluid characters because of the vampire situation, but there's also a lot of openly gay characters um, who I love so much. And uh, I just think this was a phenomenal uh, piece of television that uh, and, a, and an amazing follow-up for Alan uh, from Six Feet Under. So can't say enough about this. Love True Blood. Love all the characters in True Blood. And uh, I could probably do a whole a whole podcast on True Blood, which maybe I'll do next next October. Maybe that'll be uh, my focus. Will just be the joy of True Blood. And then, of course, I can't ever um, talk about Halloween and scariness and suspense without talking about the fact that for me, the perfect Halloween film would be to sit down and just pick out one of my favorite Hitchcock films and sort of go from there. So I would love, um, love, love, love to do that. Um, And uh, I I would just like so much to... um, you know, to either watch something like Shadow of a Doubt. I'm just sort of scrolling through my feed right now because it's so um, easy for me to um, just to think about all the different Hitchcocks that I've loved. So um, Vertigo, of course, Rear Window, two that are really easy to think about because of because of how popular they were with the mass audiences back when they were released. Also, Psycho, I think, would fall into that category as well. And The Birds, um, and then there's all the the other ones that are sort of um, not as big, but uh, North by Northwest. I mean, it was a big film, but perhaps not as big as that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm just keep going through this list. Um, oh, here's here's a good one because this is my director's list. So this will give me a good. Uh, so here's Alfred Hitchcock. Strangers on a Train and Rope are two reasons I love Hitchcock. If I had been born 40 years earlier, I would definitely have been a Farley Granger stalker. Other Hitchcock favorites include Shadow of a Doubt, which I mentioned before, Vertigo, North by Northwest, I Confess, um, and then, of course, uh, The Birds, Weir Window, and Rebecca. Rebecca is so chilling. Rebecca is actually kind of one of those perfect Halloween movies for me that I would love to watch again and again. I have I have just uh, just adored that film as an adult. And then I'd love to wrap this up by talking about uh, one of my t- favorite TV series as a kid. And I still have the uh, entire series on on uh, disc as well. And that is Bewitched. Bewitched was just a phenomenon when it came out. I loved the series so much. I think I was probably the perfect age um, to really embrace this TV series. Um, and then just to think about it uh, as I got older, uh, I still love um, Agnes Moorhead's and Dora, and I still love Paul Lynn's Uncle Arthur, and I still love Elizabeth Montgomery's Samantha and Serena. I'm a big fan of uh, the second Darren, uh, Dick Sargent. I think he, a lot he's he's gotten a kind of a bad rap over the years, but I just love him so much. There were so many queer actors. There were so many queer characters in this series. Um, it's just an absolute delight. Yeah, it's it's the late '60s. It's patriarchal. It's campy. Some of the episodes are kind of stupid, but it was an absolute, just brilliant, brilliant show when it was on, and uh, I still love it. I still, I still watch episodes, and uh, like I said, some of them are a little uneven, but so many of them are so incredible. When they went to Salem, that whole uh, multi-part uh, episode episode was just great. Those episodes. 
Um, and then the earlier episodes when it's still really the swing in 60s are a lot of fun. And then when when the 70s happened, it, it took on uh, definitely a more modern uh, feel to it when it went to color because it was black and white when it first came out and then it turned to color. So that was a lot of fun. Um, Elizabeth Montgomery is just an absolute powerhouse. She carried the show so well. Um, she and her husband produced the show um, behind the scenes and uh, it was just, she's just amazing. Uh, both of the Darrens are amazing. Uh, as I said, Agnes Moorhead, Paul Lind, um, Marion Lorne, uh, which from, you know, she started out in Hitchcock films. Um, uh, just a ton, a ton of really great people. And uh, I, my heart just... Uh, it just it just beats a little bit faster and a little bit sweeter whenever I think about Bewitched and uh, and the impact that it had on my life and how much I love it still today and how much um, how much the imagery also to me is just really wonderful. There's uh, a couple of people on on Redbubble, really good artists that are doing some great uh, Bewitched art as well. So uh, you can still have sort of bewitched merchandise in 2022 that isn't uh, all sort of um, falling apart from the 1960s and 70s. So they're still producing that, which to me, I think is a real uh, testament to how much uh, the bigger, greater, wider world still loves bewitched. So that's it. I have no idea how long I spoke at this point, but I did sort of zoom through a number of my favorite uh, Halloween films and television series. Uh, I hope some of them are some of your favorites as well. If so, please uh, feel free to leave comments on my blog, realcharlie.com. If not, um, that's okay too. Um, let me know what you do love and maybe it's some things that I actually forgot to, to think about that would be um, interesting as well. Uh, I'd like to give you sort of a heads up. I have November and December already sort of plotted out. And then I have some things for the new year that I'd like to tell you about. So in November, I'm going to dedicate um, my November episodes to author and new age philosopher Louise Hay, the impact that she had on my younger life when I was in my 20s, and what I feel about her today. Um, and so uh, I'm excited to do that um, and to sort of share that. That's a little bit of a diversion from television and film, but it's definitely books and uh, it's spirituality, which I think uh, I have a lot to say about um, being raised Roman Catholic and then leaving the church in my early 20s and then embracing New Age philosophy, which really laid the groundwork for how I view the world and my my life and how much I love um being human and being alive during this time period. And then in December, I am going, it's going to be all things White Christmas. I'm going to talk about the movie White Christmas, and then I'm going to pop in a couple of other Christmas uh, uh, classics and also newer Christmas films that I love. So there should be a whole list of um, great films for you to check out um, from that podcast. And then in 2023, I have some ideas written down. I want to do um, an episode on Merchant Ivory um, because I love Merchant Ivory so much. I want to do an episode on author Michael Nava, who sort of turned the um, gay male um, protagonist uh, niche and uh, subgenre from uh, from from the mystery uh, book publishing company. I'm sort of stumbling over my words. Michael Nava is a real uh, pioneer and he's a real uh, just just a real um, 
he's just an amazing guy. He's, he's done so much with his life. So I want to f- focus on him just like I did with Armistead Maupin earlier this year. Uh, I do want to also, I think I also want to do um, Altman, a thing on Robert Altman, specifically perhaps on the film, come back to the five and dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, which I think is one of his uh, most beautiful films. Uh, I want to do E.M. Foster, the author. He is my favorite classic author from back in the day. And then I also want to do something on Christopher Isherwood, I think as well, another author from the 20th century um, who did a lot for uh, living an openly gay life before Stonewall. So there's lots to talk about and lots to unpack from all of that. Um, definitely November will be Louise Hay. Definitely December will be White Christmas and all things film and Christmassy, which will be lots of fun and lots of red and green holiday fun. And then in the new year, we'll see what order and if I add or drop or um, those are more um, in the works. But I want to thank you all so much for uh, spending time with Real Charlie Speaks. Real Charlie Speaks is a podcast spinoff from the television and film blog Real Charlie, which has been around since 2009 and still goes strong today. So please visit my blog. Uh, Please check out previous episodes of Real Charlie Speaks. And until next month, stay well, stay happy, stay focused, stay involved, and please uh, spend some time, each of us hopefully can spend some time trying to make the world a little bit better because that is all there is uh, and that's all we can do. So thank you and um, much love and uh, peace to you all. Take care.